Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. God's good, everybody. And uh, it's good to know that Jesus is Lord and that we're walking by faith and not by sight. Amen. Praise God. Let's open our Bibles, if you will, and let's go over to the Gospel of Luke, the 17th chapter. And I want to talk about uh, the subject of faith and thanksgiving. And, uh, and let me uh, address this uh, as we're turning there, uh, that for every one of you that are veterans, we salute you. We thank God for you. We appreciate your life. We appreciate who you are. We appreciate everything about you. Thank you for serving your servitude. And I appreciate, appreciate who you are. I did call this morning to leave my sister a message. Tell my father, uh, thank you for serving. And uh, I, I will talk to him tomorrow as well. And today is the birthday for the Marines. So if you were in the Marines, today is the birthday when Marines got started. And so if you were a Marine, this is the day. Most people don't know that, but today is when the Marine, so they celebrate their birthday on this day. So to so all of you, the Marines, happy birthday and Semper Fi and hoorah. Amen. And so, um, but we salute all you veterans. We thank God for you, for everything that you do, and thank God for your service and uh, for all that you've done. So praise God. Amen. And so uh, we're going to read some scriptures about some veterans in scripture. And the things that they did and brought about some things for our life. And so, if we're in the Gospel of Luke, if you will, Luke chapter 17. And uh, let's read this for just a moment. See, I believe that there's something powerful that takes place in the subject matter of thanksgiving and praise. Be grateful. And, yeah. and having a, a just a, a, an attitude of gratitude. Many years ago, the Spirit of the Lord talked to me about that. And He said, if you have an attitude of gratitude, that is what determines your servitude. See, if your servitude is shallow, then you have to check your gratitude. And if you check your gratitude, and then if that's low, it's because your attitude's off. But if your attitude's sharp and and alert, and then you have this gratitude, man, thank God I'm saved. Thank God. Thank God I'm alive. Thank God that I got born again. Thank God somebody introduced me to Jesus Christ. Thank God that I'm born again. Thank God for this. Amen. Every day. So once we understand the attitude, gratitude, and servitude... The the kingdom of God starts to work. And so uh, in this level of praise and worship, uh, as we look at this, let's let's pray. Then we'll get into this. And and Father, I'm thanking you for the word today. I'm thanking you that the word is priority in our life. You said if we sought first the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God, all things would be added unto us. But the priority is seeking first the kingdom of God and the righteousness. Things are just a response to our pursuit of what the word has to say. So how do we seek? Through the Word. And so we come to you right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Greatest teacher that there is. Administering life and godliness to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now say this with me. This is my Bible. And out of it proceed the issues of life. I can have what my Bible said I can have. And I can go where my Bible said I can go. And I can do everything my Bible said I can do. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now. If you will, we're looking at in John chapter 17 at verse 11. And we're jumping right in the middle of something. I'm going to go back and forth here. But I want to talk to you. Excuse me, Luke. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Watch what he said. And Jesus went to Jerusalem and he passed by Samaria. Now, and Galilee. And he entered into a village there and met him ten men that were lepers. 
who stood at a distance. That's very important you underline that because we're coming back. I taught a little bit about this on Wednesday and I'm coming back and reiterating some things so I can go a little further. But notice this. They, They stood at a distance and they lifted up their voices. They lifted up their voices. In other words, they had to shout. They ha- they, if you're standing a distance off and you're not close to somebody but you're trying to get their attention, you have to lift your voice. You can't softly speak, hey. You can't do that. You've got to lift your voice. But now I want you to understand there's ten of them. So there's an increase of volume when you have ten people doing this. But I, I want you to see that there's ten lepers that came together on this. And uh, they came and they stood at a distance and they, they, all ten, they lifted up their voices saying. They lifted up their voices saying. So in, the, in these ten, very important wordings, they said something. Jesus was walking by and they, they overheard conversations about him. They overheard conversations. Now watch this. And they said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us or have mercy on us or express your love in our direction. Now, this is very important that you and I uh, understand this. These, the, the scripture in here. Then Jesus, he, he saw them. He saw them and he said to them, now watch this. He saw them and he said to them. Now, before we go any further with this, go over very quickly to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. These are ten lepers. And these ten lepers uh, in this verse of Scripture say that from a distance they stood off and they shouted at Jesus. They got Jesus' attention. And Jesus stopped. And when they did, he, he began to address them. Now, watch this in, in uh, this verse of Scripture. In uh, Matthew's, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8. And when he came down from the mountaintop, crowds followed him. And there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Ran into a leper again. Mm-hmm. Now watch, this is one man, one leper. And he ran into, and Jesus reached out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. I will to help you. I will to show mercy on you. I will to demonstrate my love in your direction. And Jesus did something that the Jewish people knew they shouldn't do. You do not touch lepers. Now, let me say this to you. I don't know if you realize leprosy is not something that is history. It's occurring still today. The disease medically today is no longer referred to as leprosy. It's called Hansen disease. Now, right now, there are cases of this breaking out in the, in the state of Florida. And they're connect, connecting it to, of all things, armadillos. Now, they're not factually saying that it is. But they're showing pictures of people who are taking armadillos in. And then down the road, they get a disease. And, it start, and they're calling it Hansen disease, which is forms of leprosy. And forms of leprosy, once it starts, starts on the outer skin of the body and works its way in and starts to eat the body away. When leprosy starts to do this, uh, the body starts to rot in that area. Once it starts to rot, it starts to stench because it's dead. So you got dead deadness going on. And so, uh, in, so this is very important that you understand that Jesus did something you weren't supposed to do. Ceremonially, you were not supposed to touch a leper. 
Now I'm going to show you something very important in this because this is very, very crucial that we understand this. Because the, here, Jesus touched this man. But on the 10, go back now over to Luke, if you will, back over there. And let's look at it again. And Jesus went to Jerusalem. He passed by Samaria, Galilee, and he entered a village. And there met him 10 lepers. And they stood afar off. Catch the terminology here. Who were stood a distance and they lifted up their voices. Now, now mark that, if you will. Put a line there. They lifted up their voices. In other words, they had to shout. Now, not just because they were in a distance. I'm going to show you something in here that, that is important for us to understand. But they stood afar off. And the Bible said, Jesus saw them and said to them, Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. And as they went, they were cleansed. Go show yourself to the priests. As the command was, we can find in another verse of Scripture in Luke's Gospel as well, in chapter 9, that they did the same thing. And he said, go show yourself to the priest as the commandment of Moses was. That's found in the book of Leviticus, which we're going to show you right now. But here's the interesting thing about this. He, he said, uh, go show yourself to the priests. Ten lepers. We don't have any idea how old they were. We don't have any idea how long each one of them had leprosy. Some of them could have, one of them, two of them could have been just at the beginning stage of leprosy. And the other one could have been almost the last stage of leprosy. We don't really have a clue. We don't know at what degree. Here's what we know. They hung out together. We know they were together. But why were they together? Because it's a very important thing that we understand here that, that we get. And Jesus, he, he saw them. I want to bring this point out before I take you to the book, to the book of Leviticus. He saw, they, he saw them. He didn't see leprosy. It didn't say he locked in on leprosy. He said he saw them. The problem with a lot of people is they see conditions in people, flaws in people, instead of seeing what God sees, and that's just people. We will never help humanity and you'll never help yourself if you first look in the mirror and criticize yourself. If you look in the mirror and you hate what you see when you look in the mirror, you're destroying the image that God created. You're verbally putting it down. I don't, I don't like my weight. I don't like my eyes. I don't like my body shape. I don't like my hair. I don't like this. If you don't like you, you'll never be able to like anybody else. You've got to go beyond liking you. You've got to love what God did. God made you a new creature and old things are passed away and all things have become new. It's a proven fact. There's been a lot of people that have gotten these uh, plastic surgeries and they spent a lot of bucks on them. And doing this kind of stuff. But you know what? Many of them have to go see psychiatrists because they keep saying, the doctors don't help me. I keep getting work procedures done, more procedures, and I still feel ugly. That's because ugly's in them. It's because their attitude's ugly. It's because nobody's ever told them, you're worth something. I love you. You're lovable just the way you are. Jesus saw them. He didn't see the stage of leprosy. He didn't see, he didn't see the, what everybody else was looking at. He didn't see ten old men who were dying. He didn't see disease. He saw men. He saw somebody who needed help. And he saw beyond all the surface point in that. When you get to this level of this, I don't know how many of you have ever gotten on, the, on your knees in a gutter with somebody. I have. I don't know if you've ever been to some place that, where they haven't showered and they've urinated and, and uh, had bowel movement on themselves. 
I went into a house one time, and I was asked by a, a woman in our church to come to their neighbor's house. I went because the young man, he was in Cerritos College. He had just started Cerritos College. And while he was at Cerritos College, he went to a class. And please listen close to this. And so don't ever get this done. As a believer, don't ever get this done. He allowed in the class himself to be hypnotized. And once he was hypnotized, a demon entered into him. And he left campus, and while he was walking out on campus, he fell out on the ground on campus. So they picked him up, took an emergency, and then they, they took him home. They said, we don't know, he might be on drugs or something. He was not. When you let somebody else control your mind, you tell somebody, empty your mind. That's a dangerous thing. That's like somebody telling you, you just went to the bank and took $1,000 out, put it in your wallet. Somebody walk up, empty your wallet. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to do that. So why let somebody empty your mind? Because once it's empty, something's going to move in. Just open your front door. Something's going to fly in or crawl in. So if you open your mind to somebody else. Well, when I did this, I went to this guy's house. And the mom, his mother was there. I had one of the men with me in church. And we walked in and she said, my son's in that room over there. So I go into the room. I go, may I go in? Because the door was shut. It wasn't locked. I opened the door and the room stunk so bad. It was, it stunk so bad. Uh, He was at the stage uh, of where he was urinating, having bowel movements in his bed. He wouldn't get out of bed. He hadn't showered since that episode with the hypnotism, and he fell out. He had not showered for over three weeks. And he hadn't got out of bed, and his mother had to put food in the room. So she would put pizza in the room. He wouldn't finish it, just throw it on the ground. There was was food laying all over the place. The room just stunk. And I walked in, and he saw me, and he covered covered himself with the blanket. When he covered himself with a blanket, he goes, leave me alone. I said, no, I've come to help you. I said, you're taking a shower. And he goes, I'm not taking a shower. I said, oh, yes, you are. And he goes, I won't. And it was another voice coming out of him. So I grabbed the blankets and yanked him back. And the odor got stronger. And I grabbed him and I picked him up and I drug him to the bathroom. And the mother goes, what are you doing? I said, we're taking a shower. I turned the water on and got in there with him. And held him and prayed in tongues while he fought me. And that demon was, was acting up. It, it went beyond the smell. It went beyond the odor. I saw a woman's son tortured. And when he told me what happened to him after he got free. Hey, Michelle, why are you in the shower? I'm praying in tongues and worshiping God. Having a hold of him. I'm putting soap on him and bathing him. And then I had to, you know, I'm with this guy. I don't know. The guy doesn't know me and I don't know him. And it didn't matter to me. I was asked, could you come help? I was asked, could you come help? They never came to the church, but they went to church. From that point, they got saved and started to attend to another church. That didn't faze me. I, wasn't, I didn't get the man saved to get a member. I didn't go in there to clean a man to get a member. I went in there to help somebody. To help somebody. And be bold enough by the Holy Ghost. Now, let me help you here. Don't go to somebody's house and grab them and put them in the shower. Just, just don't do that unless you got an instruction. Don't, don't do that, okay? I'm not giving you permission. Please don't say, Pastor, I said, go drag people, put them in the shower. No, I didn't say that. But what I'm saying is when you start to look at this and you, be, you and I begin to, to understand the aspects of this, there's something powerful that takes place in, in the area of, of life here when this starts to happen. Here's, listen to close to this. This is the book of Leviticus, and it makes this statement. Listen to the command. When somebody's found to be with leprosy, listen to this. He is a leprous man. He is therefore unclean. The priest shall pronounce him. Listen to this term, King James. Utterly unclean. And his plague is upon his head. 
And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be ripped up, and his head shall be bare. That means cut off all of his hair. And he shall be put a covering upon him, and over his lip, cover his face. And he shall cry, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. This was the command. This was from the priest. You're a leper. All right, now listen to this next part. And all the days of your life where the plague is on you, you will be known as defiled. You will be unclean and you will always dwell alone for the rest of your life. Outside the camp, this shall no longer be your habitation. You live away from us. This was the instruction of these that was given when somebody was a leper. Can you imagine being told that if you had a family member, if somebody's there all of a sudden, you can't go home anymore? If you were a man, you can't be married, you can't have children, you can't have a job. What are you going to do with your life? And then they're told, cover your face. They cut up his clothes and he had to wear garments of leprosy. And the garments would stick because as the disease would eat it up. Have you ever had a, a cut and then you open it and it sticks to maybe a shirt or something, a, a sock or whatever? Well, can you imagine your whole body covered and you're pulling this off and it's, it smells. And then you've got to cover your face with this because you can't breathe on anybody. And so you've got to yell from a distance, I'm unclean! I'm unclean! Is that even human? Is that right? So these men hear about a Jesus. Now let me tell you this. These men had to be under instruction of the priest. Do you know who didn't want to see them anymore? Their priest. Do you know where they weren't allowed to go anywhere? Their own church. And the church people couldn't visit them. And the priest wouldn't come see them. And if the priest saw them on the street, they had to cry out, I'm unclean! And they had to crawl over on the other side of the street and walk away from them. Everybody saw them walked away until they heard of a Jesus. When they found out there was somebody named Jesus, they collectively got together and they cried out. They stood a distance. They didn't yell this time unclean. So yelling wasn't a, a new thing for them. They always did have to yell. If somebody claimed, unclean, unclean, I'm unclean. And one of them always had to have a bell. Imagine that. All of a sudden, it's not I'm unclean. Jesus, master over this disease. Have pity on me. Have mercy on me. Direct your love towards me. And Jesus responds with, Go show yourselves to the priest. You don't go show yourself to the priest unless you are no longer diseased and no longer a leper. So Jesus said, Go show yourself to the priest. Now, Hebrews 11.1 1 comes into play. Why? Because faith... Now faith is the substance of things that are hoped for. It is the evidence, the evidence, the evidence. What did those lepers have to go on? Did they look any different? No. Jesus didn't give them any other command. He didn't come touch them. Do you notice the other one in Matthew? He touched them. I will be that. This one, he just, he just spoke the word over them. They said to him, I want you to connect the words. They said have mercy on us. Have pity on us. 
Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And the moment they started to walk away. Now, they're in a town of Samaria. Now, oh, uh, you can only help people that are willing to believe. You, you can only assist individuals, and belief is so present it's recognizable. Because Jesus said he went through a city of Samaria and he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. A whole city got unbelief. And there was a man from the city that believed Jesus so much that he chased him outside the city limits and Jesus healed him and said, go on home, don't even go back to the city. He said, don't go home because you're healed now. And they'll, they'll rob it from you, all that unbelief. So here they have, these, these guys were in the town of Samaria. And so Jesus, with ten men, cried out. And Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. That lets you know that they're Hebrew. That lets you know they were raised up in the church. They knew the, the church laws, the church rules. They were under the, the Levitical law of Moses. So now we're going to, they started to walk away to go show themselves to the priest. Now watch this. Uh, let's go back. Go back over there. Listen to this. Look at, um, at verse uh, four, uh, 14 again. And, and um, have mercy. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourself to the priest. And then it came to pass as they went. Where were they going? To the priest. Where were they going? To the priest. Now, you know what we could put in there right now is this word, where were they going? To the pastor. They were going to the pastor. That's what they were doing. Go show yourself. And it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. They were, they were cleansed. Now watch this. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice, there's that loud voice again. He was used to yelling. So if he's yelling, now they got to catch you, got to catch this. They had left, if they were going to go to the priesthood, if they were going to go see the priest, there wasn't a temple in Samaria where they were at. So the closest one, if you're walking, would be the walking distance, like right now, if you took a walk, and you could go in a straight line, or if you had to go over mountains, whatever you had to do, if you had to walk the distance from here over to downtown L.A. area, and walk along the shoreline, and then you got people going to see you, and you got leper robe on. But you're going to go show yourself to the priest. Now, the law says this. Seventeen, excuse me, seven days, you had to be locked up in a camp. And you had to be locked up within a tent. And then they give you new garments. And if the garments got stained, you stayed in there again. If they got stained, they kicked you out of camp and did it again. It said unclean. So you got to go. It's a ceremonial thing. So if they would have gone to the priest, this man would have gone to the priest. Jesus would have been out of that town by then. He wouldn't have been able to come back. So let you know they hadn't even left town yet before he turned around and saw a meal. So he start as he went, the moment he started to obey, that guy got and said, now I don't know if it started like popcorn, like one goes, look, I feel better. And the other goes, oh my God, so do I. I, I don't know how that whole thing got started, but one of them said, I see him healed. I see that I'm healed. He turned back around and he came to Jesus. Anytime you go through a challenge, it's who you turn to. It's who you turn to. 
And it's who you're turning to in the midst of your challenge. The last thing you want to do is, is go find a, a somebody who likes to gossip. And then you give them a problem. Oh, this I'm going through this. Oh, really? <laughs> tell me more, tell me more. Because there's some people that they live their life off, off of juicy stuff. But off somebody else's life. And always remember this. You can, your light will never get brighter trying to put somebody else's out. So just, just keep illuminating yourself and be, be a benefit to somebody else's life and honor somebody else. Well, the Bible says in here, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice. This we did. He glorified God. He glorified God. And he fell down at his, fa- at his face and his feet and giving him thanks. Faith and thanksgiving. Now watch this. And he was a Samaritan. Why do you say that? Because nine of them knew the law. One of them was Samaritan, which meant they considered him to be a half-breed, less than a dog. Remember the Samaritan woman? She was not allowed to go, go, to the, go get water at the right time. You had to give her the hottest day and the worst day, time of the day. Everybody else could go when it was most comfortable, but not her. She had Samaritans, same way. Samaritans was a group of people that were considered half-breeds. They weren't pure Jewish people, and they weren't quite Romans, so they were considered Gentiles. You don't fit in any category, so we don't care about you. So here, here, listen, so you think prejudice and racism has just come? It was here. You see it written out here. The Samaritans were judged and criticized by the religious group of their, their time. And so it, they don't think that, that it doesn't exist in the church today. And I'm believing in Jesus' name it doesn't exist here. Amen? Because I, I don't have any prejudice and racism. I don't have anything. I don't care. I, I, I see color, but I don't pay attention to it. I, I, know, I know everybody wants this color. That's why you get tanned. <laughs> okay, never mind. Anyway. Well, now, now think, think for just a moment. What were they doing? Why does, why does he single out the Samaritan? Let me tell you why. Go show yourself to the priest. One man said, I don't have one. I'm a Samaritan. I don't have a priest. So if I don't have a priest, how can I go show myself to him? I don't have a, I don't have a pastor. I don't have one. But here's what I know. I know the man who helped me. So I'm going to go back to the man who helped me and took time to stop and do this. I don't no longer have leprosy alive in me anymore. This leprosy died. Now you guys had a priest and he couldn't help you. So you go show yourself to your priest and go through your rituals. And all. I'm going to go back to Jesus. Amen. I'm going to go back to Jesus and I'm going to go back and I'm going to thank him. And he gave Jesus thanks. And he fell down in the Bible said, and he glorified God. And Jesus made a powerful statement to him. And he said, Jesus answered, he said to him, he said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? But where are the nine? Where are those that knew better? Where are those guys that knew better? The guys you hung out with. Where are the other nine? Well, they went to go follow religious order. Methodology. Jesus broke that stereotype. He came on the scene and from a distance did what nobody else did. Go show yourself to the priest. And the guy, the one man who said, I don't have a priest, is the one who turned back 
And the Bible said, he, the, the, if you look at the uh, modern translation, it'll use this word. And Jesus said, your faith has saved you. The scripture said, made you whole. Well, he didn't save him because Jesus hadn't died yet. But what he did do is save him from the disease. And everything that was, every, every part of the disease that was eaten off. I, when I was studying this, I didn't want to show the images. I was actually looking at the images of leprosy. So I'm not going to put any up there. Because it's, a, a, it's, it's not something you, you want to, and I'm not putting anybody down who has it. That's not what I'm doing. But there are images. And you see these people, and, and I'm looking at this woman who, and they said she, in the images said this 40-year woman with leprosy. And she looked like she was like 80 or 90. And her body was all shriveled up. Her, her fingers were down, eaten up all the way down. Her ear was gone. And she's faced and half her nose was, was gone. And she's covered exactly like in the book of Leviticus. And she's like, and, and that is today. That was not an image of back then. That was not a rendering, a drawing. That's a real life image. I mean, it's, it, it's something I thought, well, I don't want to put that up. I don't want to see that. But here's the thing is that these men, these men had this disease. And they all of a sudden felt no pain. And the stench died. They, they felt clean. You remember the scripture, the scripture said, and they were clean. They were clean. Remember they had to yell, unclean? Now they, they felt clean. But one guy came back and this is the way he did. This is where praise comes in and worship comes into our life. And where you and I have got to worship God. And he said, where they're not? And he goes, they're not found to return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. Notice he used the word stranger. He didn't use the word covenant man or uh, uh, somebody who's connected to the ministry of, of the tabernacle. No, he said this stranger to what? The covenant. He didn't know. He had no knowledge. But he knew one thing. I'm not walking away out of here and not giving honor to the man who just helped my life. And he said in them, right, watch this, arise, go your way. Notice he didn't say, go, go follow one of these guys that joined to one of the cha- chapels there. He said, he goes, thy faith has made you whole. Thy faith has made you whole. Where did the faith get started? Well, first off, when they heard of Jesus, and then when they heard of Jesus, they come back and they do this. They start screaming this out. Have mercy on us. When they did that and Jesus stopped, they activated the faith. And Jesus recognized faith. He did not recognize the disease. Now, let me tell you this. He was on his way to another city. As he was passing by, ten lepers were there. So this was not an action. This was not like something pre-planned. You know what? I think I'm going to go visit the town over here that has lepers in it. And I think I'll just perform something there, show off a little bit, and then just continue on. And add that to my resume. You know, that wasn't what he was doing. Jesus was never about putting a resume together. Jesus was about helping people. And but he's on his way to a city to go fulfill the will of God. And ten lepers stopped him with their cry of faith. So when they add, when they asked, have pity on us. Have mercy on us. It's exactly what they did. This is what Thanksgiving is. Now, in the old, in the, from Old Testament all the way in, leprosy is referred to as a type of sin. It refers to as type of sin. Like, in other words, if, you're, if you were lepers because there was sin in your life. Now, if you remember Moses' uh, sister, uh, when she said in her tent with her brother, she said, you know, Moses thinks he's all that. He, he thinks that only God talks to him. God can talk to me, too. And God showed up and said, Miriam, come out of the tent. Let's... And she came out and she was struck with leprosy that moment. Isn't that wild? 
struck with leprosy at that moment. There was a man of God, the prophet of God, and uh, and the man, this man came to him. We know the story of the prophet, the king who came, and he got he had leprosy, and he said, "Go jump in, uh, jump in the water seven times in the Mount of Jordan, dip yourself, and you'll be healed." And he had this whole conversation. I don't want to do that. Why in that water? It's the dirtiest water there is. And he went on and on. And finally, with the servant said, listen, why don't you just obey? Just do it. So seven times he did, and he got healed. And then he said, I'll give you anything you want. You want clothing? You need animals? What do you need? you need money? And the, and the prophet said this, I don't need anything from you. You can't pay me for this. This is God. So the guy said, I'll give you anything you want. He had a, he had a, he had a carry with him gifts. But you can't buy the gift of God. If you can buy a minister, then they're really not a minister. Amen? You, can, you shouldn't be able to buy them off and do this. Throughout Scripture, you find that out. One guy even asked, asked the, in the New Testament, Hey, listen, how much would you cost, charge me to give me this power? When I lay hands on people, they get filled with the Holy Ghost and fall out into the power too. I'd like to do that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Well, the apostle really got on them on that. Apostle Paul got them on that one. Listen, this verse of scripture tells us what these priests had to do and how they had to handle this. But these guys were healed and they were delivered and they were made whole. Now I talked about the young girl that I had in my meeting when I was in Northern California, and she used to cut herself. She was a cutter. Now that's not new either, because in the Old Testament, when the prophet when they did that, and they were he said, "Let's call fire out of heaven and let's start this and let's see who uh, who uh, whose God will burn the the sacrifice up." And so there were 750 of these false prophets calling out. And they're calling out on fire. And the prophet said to him, he said, listen, why don't you yell a little louder? Maybe your God's on vacation. Maybe your God can't hear you. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe you need to wake him up and yell a little louder. And they started doing other things, going into dancing. They, used to, they were bumping into each other and they were cutting each other. And, they were, and then they were cutters and they cut in. Anything you see going on today was happening then. So that's not new either. For a while there was groups and they'd get together in what they call like something like a mosh pit. But they had razor baits connected to them. And they would jump up against each other cut each other. This is not, this is not new. They, they were doing this in the scripture. When you start to see this kind of stuff over here, this is new. So when this woman, this young girl was a cutter. She'd cut herself. She, anything she'd cut herself. Her face was all scarred up. Her arms were all scarred up. Her legs were all scarred up. And her boyfriend had her in the front row holding a, 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 a crucifix with the end of it, what do you call the... You used to pray them. Rosary, thank you. Uh, the rosary. She used to pray the rosary? Oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> but, so, but she's got her with the, with the rosary, with this crucifix at the end of it, and she's holding it like that, and uh, she keeps slapping him. He thinks that crucifix is going to calm the demon down. It just aggravated and she's she's foaming at her mouth she wasn't having a stroke or anything she wasn't having no she was demon possessed and and so the spirit of the lord says tell her to come back tomorrow i went back to my room and the following morning she came back and she had fresh marks where she'd cut herself and that night i got i had a visitation and there was another man with me in my in the room and we both woke up to shaking in our room and there was an evil spirit in the room and he said you can't have her i'll kill her before the night i said if you could have you would have I said, so I said, I want to thank you for t- telling me this, this child is free. He goes, she's not free. I have a hold of her. And he goes, no, because you just, you're a liar from the beginning. 
So since you said you're going to kill her, you know you can't. And you said you're going to ha- I can't make her free. She's going to be free. You already verified what I already know. Thank you for exposing your lie. Thank you for exposing your weakness. And the other gentleman said next to me, he goes, he goes, make it go away. I go, well, he's, you know, I said, well, leave in Jesus' name. And the demon left. He, he goes to sleep the rest of the night. He, 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 some of you may remember him, John Ranieri was with me. And he had his guitar. And he pleased too. He sang with me. And he, was, and he had his guitar. I go, what are you doing? And he goes, well, he comes back. I'm hitting it. I go, that won't work. It won't. It, it, but we, the, next, the, the next service we went to, the woman's sitting there. And I told the pastor, I said, come here. Because John wasn't with me. I said, stand up. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to be free. And then I said this. If those marks on your body, I heard myself saying this. I wanted to catch it, put it back in. But I didn't. I said, if those marks on your body do not disappear, I'll throw my Bible, Bible away and I'll stop serving God. But I'm telling you as a man of God, God has delivered you, made you free. She went out of the power of God and her skin became clean. There was a one scar left on her body. Not one, not one thing left on her body. She got up and started screaming and running all over the church. She started running and screaming. Remember the scripture said the man was clean. The man at the temple. Hey, uh, 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 alms, alms. They said, silver and gold have we none. But such as we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And the guy got up and walked. And the Bible said he started running and leaping and praising God in the church. Now this is, this, is, this is what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. Thy faith has made you whole. What did the man do? He came back shouting. First, he had to shout, I'm unclean, until he saw Jesus. Then he shouted, have mercy. Then he came back shouting, giving glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can never be more, more grateful to God than all he's done for your life. He's going to bless you continually, every day, no matter what's going on. God is a good God. He's not the author of your tragedy. He's the author of your triumph. He's not the author of your being victimized. He's the author of your victory. He is is the God of hope. He's the God, not the God of hype. He's the God. He's so merciful. He's so good. He's an awesome. Would you know him? Oh, you can't help but Jesus. Jesus. My Jesus. And you get up and recognize, I went to sleep wrapped in His mercy. And I woke up wrapped in His mercy. Because His mercy endures forever. And with my faith, I attach myself to it. And I recognize, I may not have everything I want in my bank account. But I have a God who supplies all my need. According to the riches of glory by Christ Jesus. I may not feel physically the way I want to feel. My body's a little bit of pain, but I know this. I have a God who is a healing God, who's a delivery God, who has already redeemed me from the curse of the law. I have a God and there's a a power that's trying to come on me and produce darkness over my life. But I have a God who's the God of light. He's the God of abundance. He's the God of my, my, who heals me in my desperation in darkest hours. It's almost darkest hours. He's there. He's always been there. He's always been there. Always will be there. He said it. We didn't ask him to, but he said it. I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. And even if you backslide, I'm forever married to the backslider. I don't care where you go. You can't get away from me. Go as far as you want. Just turn back one time and you'll see me. I'm always with you. I'm always with you. He's the God that's more than enough. 
<laughs> we need to get into the understanding that sometimes we're so subdued. We're so subdued, we get starstruck when we see stars. Movie stars, celebrities, Jesus. Oh my. I've seen him. I've seen him raise the dead. Joanne and I have been together. We've witnessed the manifestations of God. We've seen deliverances. We've seen manifestations. I remember Joanne and I praying for two and a half hours for Muslim people and for Indian people, Buddhist people. And, they, and I'd get them saved and get cast out, devils cast out of them. They'd walk up this way, go up that way, and go into the balcony and Joanne lay hands on them. They'd come down the wall. It was like a, like a it almost was like a, what you call a, 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 an assembly line. Because I'd get them born again, cast the devil out of them, go this way. The usher take them up, come down, and Joanne get them filled with the Holy Ghost. And they'd bring them down. We literally would have to go get a bucket and our hands, wash, wash our hands. And our hands, you look at our hands, and they'd be totally black from laying hands on people. And, and laying hands on them. Because there was dust, all the dust and all the dirt that was on them. And we're laying hands on them and praying for them. And oh man, the glorious. You get home and oh man, this is awesome. What a powerful thing to see these parents and see these kids and see these individuals serving the Most High God. and Coming down with their hands up crying and weeping. And honoring God. I mean, this is powerful. So it's too late for somebody to say, uh, that, that doesn't work. You're, you're too late. You're, you're almost 47 two years too late to tell me it does not real. It's 47 years too late to tell me it that doesn't work. I know it works. I know that it works. I know Jesus is real. Amen. The greatest thing I could do is give him my honor and vocalizing it and declaring it. There's a word that's called yada. And that means to extend the hands vigorously. Amen. So when we get excited, God, you're so good. We yada. Oh, God, you're so good. We extend our hands with such excitement. Oh, man. I mean, this is... is, ah. When I was was in the world, Joanne and I were in the world, we went to concerts all the time. And people would do all kinds of strange things at concerts. All kinds of strange things at concerts. I I went to some of the uh, uh, concerts and people would jump on stages. They'd do all kinds of stuff and... Oh man, I mean, they, over the music. You, you can't, is there some people you can't get them to, to shout once at church, but get them in a quinceanera or get them at a wedding and put the little chicken song on and every one of them. And they don't care. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. But in church, if we could put lyrics to the chicken song and baby put it spiritually. And but da, 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 he Jesus Lord yet yeah, we baby baby this baby we get a some joy that's unspeakable and full of glory activated we get some yada oh my God you're good my God you're wonderful another definition is tada which means to extend the hand and body to express God I'm so grateful sometimes I when I'm preaching I I stop all the time I just go ah. Because all of a sudden, something hit me. I'm going, oh, my God. Oh, yes, yes. When you see this, uh, there's an expression. There's a body expression. When, jo- when Joanne and I got married and the back doors opened to the church and Joanne walked in wearing that wedding dress, I started to cry. I got an emotion. My body expressed emotion. And I saw her walk in. All of a sudden, this is the woman I get to marry. What a powerful thing it was. I remember, I remember the, the first time I kissed her. God, what a powerful thing that was. What a powerful thing it is right now to know that I can wake up next to her in the morning. What a powerful thing it is at night to sometimes wake up and hear her praying in tongues. 
or hear her singing a song and worshiping God. What a powerful thing that is. That, and I have that, that intimacy with my God so much that it's even in her. I can't get away from it. If it's not on me, it's on her. And it gets on both of us. It's so powerful. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, that's how life should be lived. I don't have to be concerned about waking up to a pot on my head or, bam, what are you doing? And, uh, you know, thank God for that. Hallelujah. There's another term. It's called Shabbat. And another definition for the word praise. This man was Shabbatking. That means is this. He was shouting out loud to the Lord, giving glory. Shouting out loud. When Ed got started, he goes, can everybody say Jesus? Everybody say Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Can you imagine what would happen if you get a whole, I mean, thousands of people and everybody going, Jesus. Jesus. That was what it was like when the walls of Jericho fell. Everybody shout at one time. Over four million people shouting and the walls came down. Why? Because they weren't shouting for walls. They were shouting for God. They weren't shouting about getting the land. They were shouting for God. Shout! If you and I would learn how to shout, we would stop all this pouting. We've got to learn to get over in this, re- in this arena, shout. There's another word, to brock. That means to kneel, to bless, to bow down with expectancy because something's coming. He bowed himself down and he cried out, give glory to God. He was expecting for something to come. He was expecting something. He was expecting. I, listen, get, waking up with God, you never know what's happening next. Tahela, that's another one. Sing out of your spirit. This is where God dwells. Remember the scripture said, he, God dwells in the praises of his people, the praises of Israel. This is where he is. It's out of the spirit, born out of the spirit. Not out of a song because we put it up in here and you just sing, ah, nah, nah. like a karaoke song you really don't know. You can't keep up with it. We're not, we're not doing karaoke. It's that, that's what worship and spirit of truth is. Remember Jesus, Jesus spoke, he said, woman, the woman at the well said, I don't, I don't uh, uh, know, where do, you, where do you worship? Where do you say we worship? Because we say, some say at the mountains, some say in the temple, where do you say? He said, uh, the time is coming where man shall no longer worship in that mountain or in the temple, but in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. That's how we worship. So our praise should be out of spirit and truth. If you don't believe the song, don't, don't even try to sing because it's not reaching heaven. It's not reaching heaven. It's just blowing empty air out. We've, what we've got to do is I believe this. I believe this. Every once in a while I break out to Joanne. I said, have I told you lately that I love you? Have I told you lately there's none above you? I mean, I sing to her. She just, she just goes... Well, well, that's just me. She's never saying to me, but she, she doesn't need to. <laughs> we kid with each other all the time. I said we were watching some uh, some program and I, they, they were they were doing something they were talking about. And I said, you know, we should do this, do that. We have a board over here. We could play Scrabble. She looked at me. She goes, you got to learn how to spell before you can play. There you go. <laughs> and I said, I said, what are you saying? And she goes, let me give you some words. See if you can spell them. <laughs> I started laughing. Yep. 
this is this is my praying wife, my worshiping wife, my I'm following Jesus Christ. We have, we have a blast together. This is this is our life. But this is what did the lepers do? Ten went. Nine, ten came to Jesus. Nine went. They did what he told them to go show yourself to the priest. But only one came back. But listen to this. He didn't have a pastor. He didn't have a priest. He didn't know the rules. He didn't know the regulations. Here's what he knew. I don't know where they're going, but I want to go follow that man. That man helped me. Amen. And there are things, unfortunately, that you you can only get out of the presence of God. And you're not going to get it so much by just following religious rules and regulations. Some people put on the rules of the church and never put on Christ. And they never follow this life. And it's a praying, wonderful life in Jesus. Amen. So listen. They stopped. And you know what the Bible says? You got to follow them out, these guys out. They got new clothes. They got new clothing. Which meant they weren't lepers anymore. Which meant they didn't have to beg anymore. Which meant they could work. Which meant they could get married. Which meant they could live productive lives. Jesus not only healed the leprosy. He gave them social living. He gave them economical, economic status. He gave them family. He gave them home. He made them feel like God's design. They know. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.